You are with Cape Talk. Views and news with Clarence Ford. It is 11 minutes to 11 o'clock and a warm welcome to DJ Ready D. I'm not going to say Dion Daniels because probably nobody knows who Dion Daniels is. <laughs> Everybody knows DJ Ready D. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. It's awesome being here and I must thank you, you know, just out of the gates for everything that you have done. Especially in the world I of radio. I worship the ground that you <laughs> walk on. 40 no. years in the industry, a trailblazer when it comes to hip-hop specifically. And I think just enlightenment was your was your thing in 1988. You're now a, a radio personality, and <laughs> deservedly so, uh, and a master on the decks. Uh, I think you've brought uh, young people another vision, another mission nearly through your effort, and especially... Profits of the city, but it, it doesn't start in 1998, does it? No, 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 absolutely not. My first exposure to hip hop music was in 1980, though. You know, and I must, I always tell people this very interesting story. There's a connection to my experience and uh, Gimpy Street, and at one stage, Gimpy Street had a sense of um, notoriety. You know, so we had friends from Gimpy Street that rolled up uh, to our house in District 6 at the time and these were like the cool cats of the era, you know, they had the the 63 Impala, the red and white one with a portable little turntable in it and these um, young guys, the cats my sister's friends, they pulled out a batch of records and in, in that batch was uh, Rappers Delight by I was gonna say, the Shugil Gang I was going to say, now what you hear is not a test <laughs> I'm rapping to the beat <laughs> 1980 was the year, uh, it was my first day in high school I was standard 6, wow. grade 8 and wow. Rapper's Delight, Dimitri Jagels was playing on radio. There we go. For the very first time a rap song was played. And I, I could resonate with that urban yeah, language. Yeah. And I think that's probably the Cape Flats back then. So shortly after that experience, we were forcefully removed from District 6 and then put into Lenteche Mitchell's Plain. And that's when I met one of my friends that I grew up with in, in District 6. And he was fortunate enough, um, you know, to have a video recorder, in fact, his family. And he recorded all this interesting videos and the music videos and all these kids doing interesting movements, you know, from TV. And that's practically how we started getting into the culture. For me, I didn't know where the journey was going to take me. I could relate to the kids I saw in the music video. And, of course, this was all videos and music coming from the United States. We didn't even know this thing was going to be called hip-hop. For me, I was one of those typical hyper kids from... District 6 from the Cape Flats and we went to Kung Fu movies you know the karate <laughs> the, the boss karate correct so we did the somersaults and we did all this weird things jumping out of the trees and doing all these things and when I saw these movements I thought it's a kind of martial arts and gymnastics done to this interesting sounding music which was known as breakdancing at the time and in this music video I saw these DJs scratching um, the vinyls and I could relate because we you know I, I was exposed to the hi-fi with the turntable on it and the records and all of this and uh, the graffiti on the walls and all these things and as a young kid you know that that just blows your mind and yeah. I was drawn in ever since look it's it's not fate it wasn't as if um, the universe would deal you this end mm. your your topi also your father had, <laughs> a, had a big role in a life of music I have no doubt yeah, definitely. Music was your like from birth, probably from before birth. And that's the beauty. Actually, actually, I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that one. And growing up in District 6, that was a community that was driven by music. So thankfully, I was exposed to everything from disco, reggae, clubs and numbers. That was your dad? Um, correct. Yes. Yeah. The, the choirs that used to, you know, come around on Christmas. Can I mention his name? Um, Ibrahim William Daniels. You see. 
Oh, that was uh, Shaheen's dad. I mean, Sha- we are getting a mixed yes. up now, but there was music all over, right? <laughs> Correct. Okay, Mr. Okay. If, uh, Isi Arifdin from the iconic and legendary um, group Pacific Express. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it was there. It was omnipresent. And then you are the sons of people that love music then, I guess. And that's yes. nearly a natural gravitation. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we have in this particular city is uh, an ignorance about especially hip-hop as Mm, a culture. mm. It is an urban urban language that some people just resonate with because it is their reality that they're speaking. Other people can't understand that reality. What what is the message of hip-hop? In essence, um, if we if we go deep into the culture, though, you you'll start to realize um, that it is entrenched in our, if you want to call it, within our African um, heritage, within that stream, and it goes thousands of years back. You can't put a birthday to that. So there's a lot of similarities, and you know, people, we always use this just as a as a, as an easy reference. If you look at um, the First Nations tribes, let's take the Koi as an example. They would dance around the fire, you know, to it's either um, a form of celebration. They would tell the stories on rock art. That's where the graffiti art come in, the dance, the fire, the music, the drums. So hip hop has a lot of that similarities. Of course, the music's evolved as well. And the, and the music and the culture was practically created by people that were stolen out of Africa and placed elsewhere in the world. So you can trace it back to Brazil, Jamaica, the U.S. and all these different places. And for us coming from here, I think just by default, we grew up with that already in our genes because before the music came along we were already rhyming in some form or fashion mm-hmm. there was always some form of, of rhyme and rhythm but there's also slave in the ancestry yeah. 100%, 100% so so the culture in the US in, in the late 60s moving into the 70s it comes out of, the, out of similar conditions that we experienced on the mm-hmm. Cape Flats you know with apartheid, division, um, oppression, suppression, and all these different things. And I think that's probably why we could relate. As it um, evolved and as it started to hit the mainstream, uh, it started to go through the motions, you know, in terms of how the industry would interact and engage and how they would shape it as well. So for us, we were lucky because during the dark days of apartheid and the state of emergencies, we gravitated toward the black, uh, the black consciousness aspects yeah. of the culture and the educational aspects of the culture. And the anti-racial aspects. 100%, of it. yeah. Not non-racial, anti-racial, have no doubt about that. Uh, my guest is DJ Ray. D, 40 years in the industry and, and a, uh, a major contributor, trailblazer um, uh, to especially hip-hop culture in this particular city. Were we talking 1988, the formation of, of Prophets of the City, Da City? It was, it was uh, very busy on that front. There was black noise. There was a, a, a lot of stuff. And I'm not hearing, or maybe... Maybe I'm just listening to the wrong stuff, right? Maybe I'm just getting old and out of the picture. I don't see the kind of activity that was happening all over the city back then when you guys were doing your thing. There's a lot of people... Um, putting in the work and the effort to make sure that we are able to preserve the history and the heritage and tell the story, specifically in Cape Town City, there's a national ignorance I would say. The South African Hip Hop Museum is on its way up at the moment but the facility is up in Joburg so they're doing all the necessary research. We have lots of academics that have done um, deep studies you know, into the culture, into the music and all these, and, and all these different things and I, I still feel you know, once we actually understand the journey and the story, more people will start to embrace it. Okay, because I'm worried about museums. It's mm. like after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but is it still culture there now? Is it it's still alive? Is there... Yeah. 
Cape Town City, I, I, I proudly say we are the one city that fully embraces the culture. There's so much movement, there's so much evolution, and uh, there, there, there's there's so many different textures and levels to the to the movement. So so all the aspects of yeah. the culture, the the breaking, the graffiti art, the MCs, the music, the activism, all these things are alive and well in Cape Town as we speak. Yeah. A and lot of people a, think hip hop is only music, but it's a it's it's, it's a full blown it, culture. Yeah, yeah with there's all those a lot those of performance art attributes that come into it and of course painting and graffiti stuff and correct yes yes and uh, for for me the thing that excites me is the what we regard as the fifth and most important element is the element of knowledge yourself going out there building yourself as a person getting yourself educated we have to wrap it up we're celebrating 40 years of dj ready d's in the studio with me uh i'm proposing right now that we need more of this right now Absolutely. Right now, we need that heyday of Prophets of the City, Black Noise, and the very many outfits around the city. We need it now. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting to you, young people are getting lost now. We have a very strong movement in Cape Town City. Uh, things have evolved over time as well. So we got this Afrikaans rap scene. We got the Khoisan scene within hip-hop culture at the moment. We do have, if you want to call it, the commercial elements and aspects of that. But I think we do have that very strong cultural aspect. But I'm, I'm saying governments give you lots of money so I, you I, can just redirect that mist. 100%. That, that's, the, that's the missing aspect, unfortunately. So a lot of the kids... You have the solution. Yes. We have you the have manpower. The we poverty, have the experience. Gangsterism. Drug addiction, like we say, you have it. Absolutely. And I must say, though, that we are on a mission to tell the story of BVK, Prasa Funny Cop, not Funny Cop, yeah, the no, Funny no, Fish. <laughs> so, so, so this is part of our, of our mission to preserve that history and the heritage. So that's something that's coming up in the very near future, and we are busy with the documentary. Please keep us informed so I can just uh, be a big champion on this side as well. Awesome. But we're going to have to wrap it there. Dion Daniels, DJ Ready D, 40 years in, in the industry, 40 years a champion of hip-hop, and thank you for that. I think ultimately this is what this is all about. Big respect to you. And we've got Thanks to go to the news. It Thank comes you. your way at 11 o'clock with.